Welcome to the Herbal Womb Wisdom Podcast, where we explore the embodied practice of herbalism with the womb at the center for folks who are new to herbs or herbalists in the making. This is a place to become empowered to include herbs and natural therapies in your personal health and, most importantly, to reconnect to the deep wisdom and healing capacity of your own body and the earth. I'm your host, clinical herbalist and integrative health educator, Kailea Honeybee. Let's dive in. Hi, beautiful friends. Welcome. Welcome back if you're returning and welcome. Welcome if you're new. Today, we are going to be diving into a topic that at first I was like, is this going to make sense for the podcast? But actually, understanding ourselves from the lens of, in this case, human design, which is essentially, well, Kara, today's guest, who really bridges the worlds of human design and menstrual cycle awareness. It's actually really important for her and has been really powerful. You'll hear her story about how this has essentially changed her life in the past few years. We'll talk all about what human design is, where it was founded, how it got started, how it's not even that old, but it actually brings together a lot of different ancient technologies and practices and understandings, like wisdom understandings, kind of bridges a lot of those worlds. And brings out this very complex system. It's a very complex system that honestly I have felt overwhelmed by at times when I have looked into previously. It's something that is sort of a buzz. I mean, you've probably, maybe you've heard of it. Maybe you even explored it yourself. Maybe it's completely new to you. Regardless of where you're at, we come from a beginner's mind in today's episode and we explore how human design, how understanding your unique human design chart can help you to enhance your relationships, can help you to understand your sexuality or your sensuality, and even potentially support you to create more effective boundaries that are relevant for you, uniquely for your human design specifically is what Kara talks about. But honestly, even though she's talking about human design, I feel like even if you don't look into it, as a system, even if you don't decide that that's something that you want to go deeper with, you can actually look at it from a self-reflective lens. And I think a lot of these things are universally relevant. So I bet that you will see or hear some parts of yourself as she's describing the different characteristics and the different qualities. So this is an opportunity to get a little intro to what human design is and how it might support you in your life. And it's also an opportunity to just reflect on what is true for you. What is true for you in the realm of communicating with partner, communication with self even, being honest and really understanding like who you are truly in the world and are you actually living from that place? And we really do our best to focus more on sexuality, on relationship with the womb space and really hone in on the sacral if you're familiar with human design, we do hone in on the sacral energy center and the root energy center. And we also talk about your inner authority and all the different inner authorities because that's really important for cultivating boundaries and understanding yourself at the core, which of course relates to your sexuality and your sexual connections. And you're even allowing yourself to experience Express your authentic sexual self in the world or with your partner or in whatever way that looks for you. Maybe that's just self-pleasure, but really allowing yourself to be you and not to be just dictated by society who you should be. 
So we're going to explore a lot of this. I do want to suggest that if you are in a safe place, you're not driving, you are not doing your exercise or movement, you're not doing chores, you have an ability to pull up your human design chart. I do think that you'll learn a lot more or you'll receive a lot more from this episode. You'll receive regardless. If you're just listening, you'll receive a lot from this because it can be a self-reflective tool. But I also encourage you, because she's going to be talking about the specific energy centers and she's going to be talking about the different authorities and she's going to be talking about whether they are closed or not closed, these are things that I'm not an expert in human design, but these are things that she covers and talks about the locations and what they are. And so it's a little bit more helpful if you do have your chart in front of you. And so I will just say that on the show notes page, herbalwomb.com forward slash episode 99, herbalwomb.com forward slash episode 99. If you just scroll down in the resources and then also in where Kara's links are, you will be able to find the links to be able to pull up your own human design chart. She actually has a guide that helps you to decode it, so you can check that out, and or you can just pull up your human design chart, and I will put both of those links on the show notes page for you, easy access, so that you can really get both the visual and the auditory learning through this. All right, so before we dive in, let's do the disclaimer that nothing that we share today is medical advice. Obviously, we're talking about human design, which is 100% has nothing to do with medical advice, although we do talk about how it relates to our health and how Kara actually noticed through her health crisis that is how she found human design, which is actually fascinating to hear. So this is not medical advice. I'm an herbalist. Kara is a life coach, an intuitive coach. She supports people in learning about and understanding their human design. And everything that we share today is all for your own information, education, and your own personal empowerment for you to feel into and explore in your own body, in your own self, what is true and right for you. And if you have any specific concerns or conditions and want support, seek out a practitioner that you feel is a great choice for you. Okay, friends, with no further ado, here is the interview. All right. Welcome, Kara. Let's start. I'm excited for today, too, because you're going to be talking about a topic that I've never covered on the podcast. And honestly, at first, I was like, is this something that totally relates? But I feel like the way that we're positioning it, it really does. So human design and how human design can support our sexuality and our relationships. So I'm really excited to hear your breakdown of that and just explore that because I know human design has been so important to you. So yeah, welcome, welcome. And let's start by you introducing yourself, just like what your background is, what your work is now, and why you do what you do. Thank you so much for having me on here. My name is Kara, and I have to give a little background of my story because I feel like it's important to where I'm at now. I was a hairstylist for almost 20 years. Right around after I had my second child, my immune system started to shut down. Life was super tough. And in February, January or February of 2020, we found out my house had mold. And that ultimately led me into a detox and a spiritual awakening. And around the same time, I began to cultivate a relationship with my menstrual cycle and human design. And so that's ultimately catapulted me into where I'm at now. I left my career and I've just been pursuing what has lit me up ever since. And that is 
using energetics of my menstrual cycle, human design, and even astrology. And so my goal is to empower people to use their energetics in how they're built instead of trying to fit themselves in a box of how everyone else is built, because that really catapulted me into feeling seen and heard, especially through the lens of human design. And so, yeah, that's my goal is to teach people about their energetics. I love that. I love your story too. I mean, I already know your story, but I I appreciate you sharing it here in such a concise way. I love even thinking around that time with the mold and just like the awakening process that you had where, wow, things were amiss. Like there were like a big mess going on in your life. And then the pandemic happened too, right? <laughs> like all around the same time. I'm sure a lot of people can relate to sort of a complete upheaval in that time and just re-evaluation of life. So you were doing that while also in a health crisis. And yeah, just hearing where this has come from and how I know how clear it is for you and how like passionate you are in bringing this information out because of how much it's impacted you. So let's start from the basics, like to really dive into this. I feel like there's going to be people who are listening who are completely new to human design, maybe have never even heard of it before. And then there will probably be people who already know a lot about it. But let's just imagine that we're starting from a beginner's mind with what human design is. How would you describe what it is? So I'm going to ask you one question before I dive in. I have my definition and then I have the actual definition. And so I want to share both. But what one would you like to hear first? Let's do yours. Let's hear yours first. So human design is the bridge between spirituality and productivity for me. And so a part of my journey was I was very much in the hustle mindset. And using human design as an energetic map of how I operate helps me kind of come back. And anytime I start to get in hustle mode, I can always look at my human design as a reminder of when I'm not using my energy efficiently. And so I like to use this analogy to help people understand it in a more basic way. Your human design is ultimately your body graph. And I like to tell people that your body graph is your energetic lamp. And so there's important aspects of your human design chart that need to be used first for your lamp to actually be lit up. And we'll go more into that as we go. But ultimately, everybody has their strengths and and has consistent energy within their graph. And so when I can show someone where where they're inconsistent in their energy and focus it where they're consistent, it's kind of like a release of, oh, I've been trying to do something that I'm not actually designed to do. And so I use it as an empowerment tool. Where can we focus your energy where you actually have consistent energy? And so that's how I use human design. But human design at its core is a logical system that harmonizes the principles from the I Ching, astrology, the Hindu Brahmi chakra system, and even quantum physics. So I think of it as a ancient wisdom mixed with a new age technology. So your chart is a living, breathing document. It's not something you're going to master. I like to use it as something that I refer to when I feel out of alignment or disconnected for myself. 
So Ra Aruhu is the founder of human design. In 1983, he left Canada to travel to Ibiza, where he spent um, years working as a teacher. Now, this next part is a bit more of the spiritual mystical, but he had an unusual mystical experience, followed by an encounter with a voice, as he called it. And this was something that he had never experienced. And this encounter lasted eight days and nights, which he received this information that took all of those principles and turned it into human design. He then dedicated the next 25 years of his life to develop the system and the teachings around the system and ultimately um, passed away in March of 2011. So it is a newer system, but it it was born in 1987. Yeah. Thanks for sharing a little bit of that. That's helpful to get a grasp on. And it's also one thing that you didn't mention that I think is important is that it's based on your birth date and your time that you were born and location, right? Correct. Yes. It has that like astrological feel. There is that astrological aspect to it. So you do need those specifics. And I will let anybody know it took me three months to get my birth time. So (laughs) it was something that I was not giving up. I wanted to know my human design and my birth chart. And so um, I hope if anybody doesn't have their birth time, they can find it easier than the three months it took me. Yeah. And so is that like super important? I know for birth charts, it is because of where the rising sign is. That's why it's important. So is that true with human design? Yes, correct. Yeah, it can change. There are people who specialize in using your like personality traits into finding your birth time. I've been able to do it with people in the sense of like they know their rising sign. And so I've gone off of that, but I am definitely not an expert of getting it down to the minute. But there are people that can help them too if they cannot access their birth time. And so like, how have you studied human design? Like what has been the process for you? I mean, over the past three years... I guess almost four years now exploring this. Has it been just like self-study and diving into books and stuff? Yeah. So part of me is if you know anything about human design, anyone listening, I am a one for manifesting generator. Ultimately, what that means is the one in my chart means I love to research and investigate. And my four in my chart means I want to share it with my community. And so that's ultimately led me on a path where I'm at now. And so what human design did for me is it made me feel so seen and heard. These things that I've put aside or have just shoved in a box and thinking that they were my faults, I've actually leaned into and used them as my gifts. Like I said from before, I use it as a map to always bring me home when I feel lost, when I want to let my gifts shine, and when I'm ready to take my self-development to the next level. I don't live and buy by my human design, but I use it to empower me. So I just use it as a reflection tool. That's what I would encourage people diving into human design as a reflection tool. Can you give an example of what one of the things that you thought was a fault that now you're considering to be a gift and how you've like specifically where how that's shown up? I would say a lot of manifesting generators probably feel this is we're meant to have a lot of passions. And it's okay that we get into one passion and then it falls by the wayside because we have this life force energy within us. And that's specifically in our sacral energy center. 
And if we commit our energy to something that is not giving us energy back, so say we're like, oh, this is what we're going to do. This is ultimately for me. This is going to be my thing. This is what I'm going to do. And then I am putting my energy to it. And then that spark kind of goes out, but I feel like I have to keep continue doing it. That's ultimately going to deplete my energy. And so knowing that I have to trust my gut, that's another thing as a generator overall, is trusting our gut when we need to continue to move forward with something or when we need to let it go. Cultivating that relationship with my sacral has been far most the most important relationship I've ever had in my life because it's my guiding light. I can totally relate to that as because I think of my womb space as being that. And I know that for me and my human design, also my sacral is somehow important. Yes. So how about like incorporating this into your cycle awareness? Like how has, how have you seen any ways that they have supported each other or have you found that? Just in the way of energetics. I think that's the thing. They both came into my life at the same time. And so I don't, I never realized the correlation until the last year of it's all down to energetics. And again, I was not understanding my cycle and the wave of productivity I would get. I would be very, very productive in certain areas of my cycle. And then other areas, I would become really depleted. But that was because I wasn't listening to my sacral. And so ultimately as a whole, it's taught me about my own energetics within the phases of my cycle and then where I have consistent energy and where I don't have consistent energy. When I didn't have the tools or the awareness of listening to certain phases of my cycle, I can look at my human design and see where the energy is consistent and where it's not consistent and leaning into, again, where I have the strengths instead of pushing myself to be productive in a certain area where I'm not meant to be productive. It just feels really complimentary then yeah. to the awareness of your cycle and also have this kind of map of yourself but understand that your energy can change throughout. Yeah. So since we're focusing on how human design can support understanding and maybe even enhancing our sexuality and cultivating healthier relationships, let's start by talking about boundaries, since this is incredibly important, really in relationship to anyone, but also often in our sexual spaces. And it's something that I think a lot of people can struggle with, whether it's to intensive boundaries or too loose of boundaries, you know? So how can, how, how can human design help to inform us or help us to navigate boundaries? So the first place I always tell anybody to start when diving into their human design is their inner authority. And your inner authority is how we should make decisions. And it's based on what energy centers are defined in our chart. And a lot of the times we've been conditioned to think that our minds make our decisions, but in human design, there's no direct connection to the motor centers. Therefore, it does not have the power to move us forward. So our mind is meant to process, not decide. And so unlocking your inner authority is helping you move beyond conditioned thinking and tap into your intuition for decisions that propel you forward. But how does that connect boundaries? Well, when we communicate how we make decisions, and then we can maybe see someone else and how they make decisions, 
that's a boundary. That's giving someone the space to honor how they make decisions that's different than us. So to kind of break it down, there's six different inner authorities. And so it shows us that from person to person, that can change. And it's been a huge thing in my personal life with my husband, knowing that he makes decisions differently than me. When someone with a sacral inner authority knows instantly, it's hard to give someone else time and space when they have an emotional authority. And I'll break down each one, but you know, that sacral, you know, instantly with emotional, you need a couple days. So right there showing that someone needs that time and that space to go through their emotional wave before making decision is giving them their space to be who they are as a person. Can you just give like, if people are listening and they're like, what are you talking about? If they wanted to get a visual of this, if they're not driving and they're not running or you know doing chores, if they wanted to get a visual of this, like where could they go like right now to grab their chart and then kind of follow along with what you're saying? So there's, there's ultimately two ways to do this. So the first one that I would recommend is going to karadempsey.com slash HD, which is C-A-R-A-D-E-M-P-S-E-Y.com slash HD. When you sign up for my free interactive workbook, it helps you decode your chart. Because when you go to Jovian Archive, that's the next place you can go. It's going to give you a chart and you're going to be like, what in the world is this? That's most people's reaction. But when you go get my chart, there's a link to get your free chart from Jovian Archive in there. And then my chart will help you decode it. The chart is kind of overwhelming when you first look at it. So I wanted to make something packed with the information that's simple and understanding for you to understand the basics because that's where it starts with human design. Yeah, I do want to just like, as we're pausing here to kind of explore this, I do want to say that every time I've ever looked at my human design chart, I'm just like, what the heck is this? There is so much going on in that chart. There's like lines and circles. There's like, there's colors. It's so many things. So yeah, I do think that having someone or something to help to help you explore and navigate through it is a great idea. And two, I found a lot of people when they start to dive into their human design, they want to find out about their partners and their children and the people around them, especially if you're like in a workplace, when you understand how people make decisions, I mean, there's more to it, but just alone with that, you want to learn about other people. And so this guide that I've created will do that for you. So back to inner authority. So when somebody gets their human design, they're going to they're gonna actually see something that says inner authority and it will tell them, right? It is. If you're looking at the Jovian, if you go to Jovian Archive straight to that website, it is on the right-hand side in the middle. There's some boxes and it just says inner authority. And then it will say one of the next six things that I will talk about. <laughs> yeah. So sacral. Ultimately, you're meant to follow your gut. You are born with a natural instinct that's meant to be responsive, not proactive. And so what I describe that as, when my husband asks me what I want for dinner, I usually do not have an answer. He knows I need to be responsive. So he will give me three choices to choose from versus trying to come up with something. So what that means is we need something to respond to from our gut. And that should feel like a uh-huh or a uh-uh. And if I don't get either of those, 
it's not that important or it's a not right now. And so one of the things when it comes to boundary setting with my sacral is I used to commit to things. I used to commit my precious energy to things that I didn't know if it was a yes or a no. That's how I became depleted. If I don't get a yes or a no, I tell people I'll get back to you. And if they need an answer right then, then I say no, because I'm not going to commit my energy. And so that has been something that I've had to relearn how to do because I would just tell everybody yes. And so this in general has been one of the biggest boundary setting tools that I've used. Yeah, that's that's actually really powerful. I mean, whether or not anybody goes and dives into their human design, like even just the the concepts that you're going to share today, I feel like could be relevant depending on what people resonate with. The next one is probably going to resonate with a lot of people. So sacral and emotional are the two inner authorities for generators and generators make up 70% of the population. And that includes manifesting generators. So these two will be the more resonant with people, but the emotional means that you must be emotionally clear before you make any decisions. So you have to go through that emotional wave and that might take a few days. So that's where that boundary setting of thank you for thinking of me for this opportunity. I will get back to you in two days. If you feel like you are a hundred percent with an emotional inner authority, you still have more emotional wave to get through. And so let yourself go through the high, let yourself go through the low. And then once you kind of get through the storm of emotions, that's when you should make your decision. But if you are a generator, you most likely you have your sacral defined. And so it's important for you to listen to your gut, but allow yourself to go through that emotional wave actually before you make that decision. This has been a big one for my husband and I because I wanted him to have an answer. So I know that I make sure I talk to him a few days before I need a decision so that he can go through and process it. And then we'll have a conversation on what that decision is from him. So it's just, I go with conversations a whole different route now that I know that he is an emotional inner authority. Yeah. I mean, my partner's the same way where he needs to take space before making a decision. I don't know about his human design and if it totally aligns, but it is interesting. I think just learning these patterns in ourselves is interesting. So can people have part of one in another or is it like you are this? So you can have a primary, you can ultimately have like an inner and an outer. You can have a primary and then something following. So like I said, my husband has his sacral defined, colored in, but his emotional wave needs to come first. So it just kind of depends on your type and all the different things that go along with it. But yes, you you can have, you know, that gut reaction. If you have an emotional that has to come first, no matter your type, because you have that strong emotional like storm that you have to kind of weather before you make it. Because a lot of times they might make them, you know, in the moments and then it ends up being a rash decision and then they regret it because they they said yes on the high or they said no on the low. So, yeah. so far we have sacral and emotional. Next we have is splenic and that is trusting your intuition. So with a splenic you're designed to make your decisions instantly without hesitation before you get into your head. So learning how to connect with this intuitive sense is important for your decision making. 
and having the practices that when you have to make a decision to get out of your head and into your body is really important with the splenic. Because again, a lot of the times we are conditioned to think, I got to think about this. But a lot of times we are built with these instant knowings inside of us. And it's allowing that relationship, building that relationship with that and making sure it feels safe to come through. Because for my sacral, going back to my sacral, it took me year and a half to build up that relationship where I know now instantly, but I didn't have that at first. I had to build that relationship because I ignored it for the majority of my life. Yeah. It's like building that trust with yourself and then seeing how it feels. And I just want to you know, mention again, this is a reflection process. And so if you're wanting to test this out, I recommend getting a journal and allowing yourself to reflect of like, what decisions did I make with my inner authority today? Which ones I didn't? How did it make me feel? It's meant to empower you, not to limit you. Yeah, I feel like that. that's kind of where what I was thinking is just so much on this podcast and just in my work, I encourage people to really pay attention to their own bodies and their own cycles and to just observe. And I think part of what you're sharing around like the concept of having a journal can be just observing, like what is true for you? What is true for you in your body, yourself, in your life? How does that relate? If you're deciding to explore human design as a map, how does that relate to your human design? That's another layer to it. But even just at the barest minimum, just like having that reflective process is really helpful. Yeah. And so the the next inner authority is self. And the self inner authority is being true to yourself. Talking out decisions, not to get others' input, but to find out how it makes you feel before action is the best way for you to get that decision. So this is important in that boundary of saying, hey, I have something I'd really like to talk it out. Do you think you can be an ear and not put your input in so I can see how this makes me feel? It's just setting that that boundary and making it clear that you want to talk about something, but you want them to listen and not speak is really important for that self inner authority. So can we review them again, just as we're going? So there's the sacral, there's the emotional, there's the splenic, and then there's the self. There's the self. It's the identity center. So the next one is the heart or the ego authority. And that means do what you want. So it's important for you to attune to your heart's desires, which is always this personal subjective process. If your heart's not in it, your answer will be clear. So it is, again, leaving that time and that space for you to connect with your heart. What is it trying to tell you? If you're putting your energy into something that your heart's not in it, that will energetically drain you. So that's where a lot of these come through is these all relate to the energy centers. Putting your energy into something that's not going to give you energy back will put you in a place where you feel depleted and that you're not actually moving or having momentum in your life. So I feel like in my experience, I feel like any and all of these could be true at different times, depending on the situation that I'm in. Definitely. And it depends what areas in your chart are defined. And it doesn't mean if it's not defined, it doesn't mean you don't get like your heart's not in it. It just means that you might have more influence with your heart when you're around someone that has their heart defined. So it's it's such a layered 
tool, but knowing that your energy will be affected by different people because it depends on where they have their their chart colored in or defined. It's like a never ending tool. And so I just want to just say like, you will never master your human design. You just use the things that will empower you at that time and leave the things that don't. Yeah. It sounds very dynamic. <laughs> it's, it is. It is. I'm, I learn something new about human design every single day and I love it. As someone with a one in her profile, that is why I love human design is because when I can learn about people and how they operate, it excites me because it allows them to live in their special, unique, energetic box instead of trying to be something they're not. So the last one is a little tough because they don't have any of those energy centers that we talked about colored in. And so theirs is accessing intelligence. So what they need is they must not be rushed in making their decisions. They need to put themselves in a safe space to be able to talk it out with trusted people. A lot of the times people with an outer, none, or environmental, so these are all kind of like grouped into one, they may find that they're attuned to the moon. They find that the phases of the moon help them process decisions or work towards their goals. And so anyone with this inner authority, I recommend looking into the moon and seeing if it helps you in the process of making decisions. It can be difficult because you might need a whole moon cycle to make a big decision. And I know that's not always ideal. Because 28 days is a long time to put a decision on hold. But when things can align with that, it will help you propel forward. And most people that I've worked with have this are attuned to the moon. And when I tell them that this is how they make decisions, they feel like this relief and that they are like, oh my gosh, this is why this feels good for me. Totally. So it can take a long time and it can also relate to external factors, basically. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah. Yeah. And just, you know, like this would be if someone has the outer none or environmental inner authority, having accountability group, having people that you can talk these things out is really, really important. And so like it could be being in a community, it can have a coach. There's so many different ways you can support yourself. I think it's really interesting to delineate each of these kind of inner authorities, these ways that we might make decisions that feels like really interesting and kind of something people can reflect on. And so then I'm trying to think like, okay, if you clear, this is kind of clear around how that would impact a relationship. It's like, oh, Two people coming together might have different decision-making styles, essentially. So knowing each other can be helpful to accept each other and to be able to make decisions, whether that's together or separately, in a way that feels true. And I'm also thinking in a sexual space, like if we bring this to a sexual space, if I'm thinking like, oh, making decisions that are like maybe more intimate, maybe it's around you know, choosing to have a child. Maybe it's around like, do I feel safe with this person? Do I feel safe with this person in this time? Maybe it's a new connection. Do I feel safe? Does this feel good? Does this feel right? Like, actually, I'm thinking like, actually knowing these parts of yourself, there's some people who maybe in that moment would be able to make that decision because maybe they have more of that sacral. Is the, in the moment, it's the sacral and the splenic? Yes. So those are people who could make a decision in that moment. But if you're someone who knows in yourself that it's hard for you to make a decision in that moment 
taking the space and being like, I don't know if this is a good connection for me. Yes. Yeah. The heart is also one that can be done in the moment as well. But yeah, I mean, it definitely relates to that. And it relates to my husband and I, like there are things that, you know, like we may take an evening to devote to our sexual relationship. And it's something that like for my husband, he wants to plan it. For me, I want to do it in the moment. So like we allow each other to have our nights in that. So that's a different way of doing it is if my husband's in charge of our night, he wants to know ahead of time. He wants time to prepare. For me, it's just like, let's just go with the flow. Let's do what feels good. We have two different inner authorities, but we allow each other to feel safe in the way we interact with that. And so that does totally relate to how we have this ultimately sexual relationship with each other. Yeah, that's interesting. And I think part of that is really coming into awareness that we are not each other. (laughs) We can, and we can't, like, I think one of the things in relationship that I've learned over the 17 years I've been in relationship with this same person, I've learned, like, I can't force my partner to be what he's not. (laughs) Like that's the truth. And to accept and to start to understand and to start to make space for who he truly is. You know, sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it's not easy for me to accept certain elements. I'm sure that's true for him about me, but it's like to actually have those awarenesses and to make that space for each other. It allows us each to be living into more of our potential, living into more of who we are so that we can shine in the world. Definitely. Definitely. I mean, a story of my husband and I was when I looked up his human design, I go, babe, you have an emotional authority. You need to, you need to take time. You need to go through that emotional wave. He's like, yeah, I've been telling you that for 20 years. Like, You don't need this thing. But for him, it's something that he has realized probably in the last five years of his life, he did make decisions from that emotional wave as like, you know, a young, dumb male, like (laughs) he could admit that. But it was one of those things like, for me, it's like, I could see it in his human design. So then it, it allowed me to let him be more of that. And so it has strengthened our communication so much more. I just wish I honored what he was saying. I just didn't understand it until I see a graph of it. That's just my investigative nature of my one and my profile. <laughs> totally. But I think that that makes sense in the world because when you think about we live, or at least United States society, which of course there's subcultures and everything, but there's like a concept of like, oh, this is the way things work. And probably because there are so many generators and so many people with the sacral, particularly like the sacral inner authority, there are a lot of people who can make decisions more quickly. And so that's almost normalized in our world versus creating the space for someone to take some time. So yeah, I think it's like we live in a society where there's like certain actions that are considered to be normal. And so it's hard when things don't feel like they make sense, (laughs) whether it is just listening to somebody and actually honoring them, which can happen without having a human design chart in front of you and or adding in something like a human design or in my case, I like orient a little bit more towards the astrological birth chart just to help to navigate that relationship and that person. Yeah, those can be helpful. They're not always, like you're saying, it's a tool. It's not necessarily needed, but it can be helpful. I used to call the human design like your instruction manual, but it's more it's more of a roadmap. 
like, mm-hmm. oh, hey, I want to go on this journey. I've lost my way a little bit. Let me go back to my roadmap and get me realigned and see, again, try it on. Human design is meant to be an experiment. It's, again, not something that you are going to devote your whole life to. It's just going to give you the tools. It gives the language to be able to understand, ultimately, how we each operate as a person. And while inner authority seems, in some eyes, so basic, it is the most important thing. And so kind of going back to that lamp analogy that I was saying is a human design chart is your energetic lamp. For your lamp to work, it must be plugged in. Your plug is you being plugged into your decisions. So that's really important for you to cultivate this relationship of when I need to make a decision, I want to be, I want to feel confident in what I'm deciding. And so cultivating that relationship of plugging in your decisions is one of the aspects to get your lamp working. Everything else, you know, so many people are like the numbers, the channels, the gates, all of that is a result of your lamp being plugged in. Another aspect, and this is a too media of a subject for us to get into today, but to turn your lamp on, that's your strategy. That's how you take action. That is taking me longer to understand than even my inner authority because it's relearning on how we're meant to do things in this world of being a manifester. You know, we didn't even talk about the types, but manifestors are the only design that are meant to initiate and go after things. So a lot of us are learning how to sit back and respond to things versus trying to go after. And that's how I got burnt out was I grew up in a world of hustle, do this competition. And like, it was depleting me. And so learning how to be patient and sit back and wait for things to respond to has been a learning curve for me, but it is ultimately brought me the most abundant things in my life when it comes to relationships and opportunities and just the resources that have helped me on my journey. Yeah, that's actually, I have a whole podcast episode about cultivating the art and practice of receptivity. And I feel like that's kind of what you're talking about. And it's just a different term (laughs) for the same concept of being able to be patient and allow for what's arising versus going after it. But it's like, yeah, there's so much in our culture. There's so much in probably around the whole world around kind of that action, go, do, create, make it happen (laughs) versus the receptive, noticing, observing. (laughs) It's so interesting that human design, because I feel like for me, this is just kind of things that I've explored. I've just been on a lot of self-reflective growth journey for, I don't know, the past 20 years or so. And so over time, I've kind of discovered things, you know? And so as you're speaking, I'm like, oh yeah, like all of this stuff makes sense in the things that I've discovered. This is just a design or a map that can help you to unlock some of those things in yourself. Yeah, I mean, for me being a certified intuitive life coach, it gives me an opportunity to understand my clients on a deeper level. But on my podcast and people that I've interviewed, because ultimately it's like spiritual healers is my niche of who I talk to, a lot of them are living most of their design, even if they don't know human design, because they have a reflective, a self-reflective practice. 
So like their body is already telling them where they have consistent energy and where they don't. And so they're not forcing themselves to be one way or another. I would say anyone that is like, oh, I used to live this way. This doesn't feel good. I have reoccurring health issues. Like there's so many things pointing to this life that I was living is not good for me anymore. How do I get back on track? Human design can, again, help you back on your path the way you want to go. And it just depends on how you want to take it. I'm curious, you kind of brought a little bit of this up, but I'm curious if, do you think that if someone notices some kind of imbalance in their life, whether that is like you were saying, a feeling of like, Ooh, this just doesn't feel right in my life anymore, or my life doesn't feel right. And, or like if someone is imbalanced physically in their body, do you think that relates back in some way to their human design? Is that how you perceive it? That's how I perceived it with my own journey. And so I can go into more of like our energy centers are linked to areas of our body. And so the biggest ones for me was my sacral center. That's your life force. If you're a generator, you have this colored in, that is where you get your energy. If you are a manifesting generator or a generator and you don't feel like an energizer bunny, not always, but a good portion of your days, you might not be using your energy efficiently. You might be putting your energy into areas that are not giving you energy back. This is directly related to, it is the sex center. It's related to the testes and the ovaries. So for me, my experience- Gotta be related to the womb space too. That's a whole- Yes, totally. And that was it. When I started to cultivate this relationship with my sacral, my cycle got more manageable. I had this connection to it. That is when I realized the energetic forces of the phases that I had. You know, after I had my second child, like I had no sex drive. I wanted nothing to do with it. I was having a really hard time in my life. And so this was when I started to listen to my sacral and I started to realize when I put energy into things that don't give me energy back. I don't have the energy for my family. I don't have the energy for my partner. And so when I realized that this was directly connected, I started to get my energy back. But it still took me, like I said, a good year, year and a half for me to practice this relationship with my my cycle and my sacral because they are directly connected. So would you like to know how having it defined and undefined can relate to this area? Is that something that you want to know? Okay. Before you do that, I just want to ask a question. So in your journey of coming into relationship with your sacral energy center, which is also, that's like where the sacral chakra is, right? Like that's the same. So in coming into relationship for you, like that was based on, on learning human design. Is that true for you? Yes. A thousand percent. Cool. So so interesting because we all find our way to the womb somehow yeah. that human design brought you here. Okay, so yes. now continue. Yes, I would love to hear about this defined and undefined. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it. I mean, it was also learning about my cycle because when I got off birth control, I was very lost on like what to do. But the combined forces of the two were just honestly showing me where I'm at energetically. Like just to kind of take it to my cycle I am super productive two weeks of my cycle, like 
if I can plan accordingly, I can do more in that two weeks than most people can do in six months. Like I get stuff done. The problem was I was expecting myself to have that productivity in my, you know, my luteal and my menstruation. And then I was leaving myself depleted. So it took me understanding the energetics of my cycle to see how I could use that life force energy in my day. Does that help kind of bridge the two a little bit? Totally. Totally. And I love that it was both for you. I love, and I also love that like part of it was in coming off of hormonal birth control. Not that I, I don't ever suggest or recommend that for people, but you know, if that's a choice, but when you notice, when you actually start to feel your own natural cycles that can actually help you cultivate more of a relationship, especially with your sacral chakra, especially with that part of your body. Yeah. Another little tidbit was I always had a hard time being in my feminine because I was such in the masculine of doing and productivity and like all this stuff. Understanding my cycle obviously brought that feminine energy back into my life. And I needed that because I was living in this constant world of thinking that, like, I need to do everything, I'm all on my own, and this. And so, learning for that, you know, like you were saying, that receptivity was also a huge part of it. And so, learning about my cycle helped bring that feminine into my life because I never had a relationship with my feminine until I was like 37. You are not alone. You are not alone. (laughs) I know that there's a lot of people who end up listening to this podcast who feel very similarly, no matter when it is in their life, even if they're postmenopausal, you know, just like finding that part of ourselves. It's like we are born into a world that is very, like we were talking about, it's very young. It's very go. It's very do. It's very like rewards that energy of upright and active and do and go. And it does not reward the energy of rest. (laughs) And I still love productivity. It is still deep into my bones. Okay. And so having a map like human design shows me where I can be productive and where I'm consistent in my energy so that I'm not giving my energy away. And so let's talk about if you have a defined sacral center, ultimately, this means if you're a manifesting generator or a generator, this applies to you. If you have your defined sacral center, and if you're looking at your chart, it is the red square second from the bottom. That is where your sacral lives. And so it doesn't matter the color of the different energy centers. It just means that if it's defined, you have consistent energy there. If it's white, that means you're open to influence. You, It's malleable. So if your sacral center is defined, you have consistent energy in that area. That life force energy is what allows you to do a lot. This can relate more to consistent and steady sexual desire and drive when you are energetically, when you're using your energy efficiently. Because if you're not, like I was saying before, I had, I always had this sacral center defined. It wasn't until... I started using my human design where that this energy came from. Mm -hmm. So you likely have the energy and vitality for more sexual activities on a regular basis, and your sexual response may be more predictable. With a defined sacral center, this is an area of having to set, having strong boundaries, 
this is something that I had to learn how to do. I had zero boundaries up until right before the pandemic. So cultivating this relationship of setting boundaries of who I am, how I operate, it was a learning curve. But not having strong boundaries when your sacral center is defined, again, it could deplete your energy. So how can you communicate your desires, your limits? And this clarity can lead more to healthier and satisfying sexual experiences. What do you like? What don't you like? Mm -hmm. With a defined sacral, you may have more of a deep appreciation for sensual pleasures and physical intimacy. So it's like the sensory aspects of of sex, the taste, the touch, the all the physical uh, sensations can help contribute to more of a rich and satisfying sexual experience. And then the last one that I feel is super important, it's finding that work-life balance. And this was, again, something that has taken me years to experiment with because my productivity wanted to do, 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 but it was depleting me. And so if you're not having that work-life balance with the sacral center, you are, again, not using your energy efficiently. And so that's going to affect your sex life. Be mindful of not overcommitting to work not committing to going out when you don't feel like you want to go out. And so it's setting those work-life boundaries for yourself. Is there anything around there being too many boundaries, basically express too much of that? There could be, yes. I mean, how this is defined for other people, like it's different for every person. And it's it also depends on their other energy centers, if there's a connection. So it is, there's always room for movements. But yeah, like, is your sacral center connected to your root? Is it connected to your emotional center? This is just like the general basis if this is defined. But where it's connected to, there's always room for for navigating that where it could be different. It's just interesting to think about this because it's common for there to be very, for a person to have very few boundaries and kind of live in that reality and then need to work on them. And then it's also very common for for folks, maybe a little less common, but also common for folks to have so much boundary that it's like they allow in connection. So yeah. For sure. And I think really it's going to depend on if they have a good connection to the root chakra because that's where the like stress and productivity and adrenal glands live and so if they're not effectively dealing with their stress on how they are ultimately energetically designed like that will affect on how they relate to their sacral if that makes sense So then, for instance, if someone had trauma, like, I don't know if this is something that you've gone into at all, but like if someone had, let's say, sexual trauma, and we don't have to go deep into this, but that concept where then their body responds in a way where it's kind of closed off or there's a lot of boundary, maybe even tissues are really tight and there's not, yeah, there's just not a lot of ease in that connection space. That may also, like you're saying, that may also relate to the root. Yeah, because they don't feel safe. Like they don't have that safety factor. So they haven't cultivated a better relationship with their root. They haven't processed their traumas. You know what I mean? Like it's such a layered thing. And then, I mean, it could even look like someone wants to have full control in the bedroom because 
they don't feel safe in that area. So they want to take that route of like, I want to be the, you know, domineering one of the relationship in this because that's how they feel safe if they're in control of what's happening. So, I mean, it can look like so many different ways of those strong boundaries. So yes, the strong boundaries can be those things of like, they're not willing to kind of, I don't want to say they're not willing. They just have things that they maybe need to work on and process to be able to feel fully embodied with this sacral being defined. Yeah. So did you want to talk about the undefined as well? Yeah. So undefined just means that the energy in the sacral center is variable. It changes. The energy for sex and relationships might have that variable energy. There's fluctuations in the sexual desire and the drive. And so knowing that that's just how it is, um, it just depends on the external factors. So because of that sacral center being open, it just means that they are more open to influence. So that means they could feel the pressure of their partner wanting them to show up and they do it. And then they might have some sort of resentment afterwards because they're feeling that pressure because that drive from their partner is there. And it just means that they could be more sensitive to others. When that area is open, it just means that the energy, the desires, and the rhythms of other people, you might take it on as your own. But then again, there might just be this feeling of like, oh, I just got swept up in this. This maybe isn't, didn't feel good to me. So Having the conversations, it's maybe getting clear about what you want before you're in the room of that person, because when you're in that room, you're going to be influenced in that area by that other person. So just taking some time to yourself to say, like, what do I want in the sexual relationship? And maybe communicating that before you're in a place where you don't feel like, I don't want to say that you don't have a, a voice to say it, but that can be it. Like, Try to get clear on what you want with this person, setting those boundaries ahead of time, because once you're in the moment, it's really hard for you to set those boundaries. And that's it with the undefined is those boundaries that you make might be a little bit harder. It's just not consistent. So use it's really important for them to use their voice for their needs and their limits to avoid misunderstandings. The last thing is just your approach to initiating sexual activities may be influenced by their desires and energy. And it's not that constant internal drive. You might just be someone that is responsive instead of initiating. You respond to what someone's bringing to you when it comes to the sexual experience. So it sounds a little more like there's a fluidity to it versus there being a kind of clear structure. Yeah. And so what about the root chakra? Are we going to talk about the root? Yeah. I mean, they are in relation. It gets a little bit, you know, harder when we get up to the upper energy centers slash chakras, because there's some difference there, but that's a whole nother conversation. But the root is ultimately where your stress and productivity live. As the root It is the command center of your adrenal glands and your stress processing. So this is what may propel you into action and applies the pressure to perform in life. So stillness is essential to prevent feeling like you're constantly overwhelmed. And the wisdom lies in finding balance. It's embracing the dance between action and stillness. 
when you do that, this is where a life filled with purpose, vitality, live. If your root center is defined, that just means that you have a constant source of energy to deal with pressure and stress. This energy can be related to approach to a, to sex. And so if you have the center defined or colored in, then you may have a reliable and steady sex drive and your approach to sexual activities may be consistent and predictable. And if you're looking at your human design chart, it is the bottom goldish brownish square. It would only be goldish brownish if it's filled in? Yeah, the colors don't matter. Otherwise, it's white. Or it's white. Yeah. So if it's defined, it's colored in. And you maybe like to be scheduled and planned. So this center, you might prefer a structure and a planned approach to sex. You might want to have a, you know, a schedule like a nightly or like a weekly specific night that you want to do because it feels like part of your routine. And so sometimes just having that timing might make you feel more comfortable when initiating these sexual activities. You can also maybe have this feeling of being performative. This might be having like a certain set of things that you want to do to help your partner just feel fully satisfied. This is the idea of having a specific goal or outcome. And then lastly, just having this energy release is important for you. So sex can be a means of releasing the built-up tension and stress. So this might be something that you want to have often so that you have this sense of relief and relaxation when it comes to releasing that excess energy and stress. I imagine that could also be accessed through self-pleasure. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously not everyone is in a place where they have access to partner all the time. So just allowing that to also be a uh, the concept that we all have access to this part of our bodies, whether or not we have a partner. That's a great point. You feel extra stress, like you don't even need someone to partake, like a let that energy out. It's going to help you kind of release that build up tension. This is where our stress lives. And so if you have this defined and you're feeling stressed and you don't really know what to do about it, go have at it. This is going to be a great way to kind of get that energy flowing within you. It is. And it feels good too. So it's not just a stress release. It also feels good. And it's like energizing. Like, I guess maybe that's what you're saying is when you release this energy that's created from it. Yeah. I mean, it's ultimately at all for me when it comes to human design, it's all about using your energy efficiently. So if you're feeling stuck or stagnant or stressed, that is a very good way to help you kind of push past that and make yourself feel good in the process. Right. Love that. Did you want to talk a little briefly? We're getting to the end of our hour, but do you want to talk a little really briefly around the undefined root? Yeah. So undefined root just means your energy is variable here. It, you don't have a consistent source of energy to handle stress and pressure. So this can be related in the fluctuations of sexual desire. Individuals with a undefined root center may be more spontaneous and open to unexpected sexual encounters. So this might be a way that can kind of spice things up a little bit is thinking about if you want to be more spontaneous. 
people with a undefined root center might be more sensitive to external pressures and stresses. It's really important for them to be mindful how this might affect the sexual uh, experiences may come in. And so just seek ways to maintain a healthy and balanced approach to sex because you're, you're more influenced in this area. And then lastly, the energy exchange. It's just your energy is fluctuating here and it depends on who you're around. So just be more attuned to your energetic and emotional exchanges that are that occur during sex. And that will also impact your overall sexual experience. So it sounds like for people who have an undefined either root or sacral energy center, it's important to actually maybe even more important for them to cultivate self-awareness and reflection so that they're not just kind of going along with the flow of something that will end up not feeling right. Yeah. I urge anyone with open or white energy centers in their chart to start there minus their inner authority, because that is where a lot of the lessons are learned. You know, we're not going to get into the emotional one or the solar plexus, but like that was ultimately where I had to set the biggest boundaries in my life were in the areas that are open for me because I I didn't have consistent energy there. And so setting that boundary where I don't have consistent energy was really important for me health-wise, for sure. And I think that's something probably a lot of people can relate to. I mean, I think for all of us at one point or another, understanding that there are places that we need to like stand our ground, like, and be like, this is what I need right now. And especially if we're in a weaker state health-wise, we actually have to create that space for us to heal. And in order to do that, we do often have to create boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate everything that you shared. I know this has been a lot and because this is just kind of really introductory and we really just focused on sexuality and relationships, I know there is a lifetime more (laughs) to learn about human design, but I really appreciate you kind of focusing in so we can kind of relate it to sexuality, relationships, things that make sense for this podcast, but it's a very complex system. So for people who are new, and this is just kind of a little overwhelming, even as it is, what would you say is the most important takeaway from the conversation that you want people to, to leave with? Just get a journal, start this reflection practice, and just start with your inner authority. Try it on, experiment with it, see how it feels. Take it as you want, but like give it a year and just see what changes in your life, what shifts happen and empower yourself with it. I have my podcast YouTube episodes for each inner authority. And so if you want to go more in depth with that, it's caradempsey.com slash inner. But if you get my free guide, there is a microphone for each inner authority and it will take you right to that um, episode. Yeah. Thank you so much. So if folks want to learn more from you or work with you, where can they go? My podcast and my YouTube is where you'll get more information if you want to learn. It's obviously free. So my podcast is Float Activity with Kara Dempsey. And my handle for YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok is at Kara Dempsey. I-T-S-C-A-R-A-D-E-M-P-S-E-Y. And if you want to get that free interactive human design workbook, it's caradempsey.com slash H-D.
Yay. Thank you so much, Kara. This has been a lot. And actually, I feel like really expressed well. So I really appreciate I really appreciate you sharing your embodied experience, like the way that this has impacted you personally, and then also bridging that so that other people can maybe see themselves in it. I really appreciate it. Mm. Yeah. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Whoop, whoop. You made it, my beautiful friend, to the end of the interview. Thank you for sticking around. Thank you if you left and returned. Thanks for showing up and hanging out this entire time. It. I hope that you really received a lot from this. And of course, this is a resource that's available to you that you can come back to. I know it was pretty densely full of information. And certainly, if this is a completely new topic for you or if you weren't able to pull up your chart and actually look at it alongside when Kara was talking, it's something you can return to and you can review as many times as you want to. Of course, it's here for you. And of course, remember the show notes page, herbalwomb.com forward slash episode 99. You can get any of the links that Kara talked about and it also has a link to get your chart, your human design chart, if you haven't yet. Just let this be an intro. Let it wash over you. It is totally fine if this is not something that you dive into any more deeply. Like human design is something that for me has just been on the periphery. It's not something that I have actually gone very deeply with at all. It just feels like a whole other world to get into, like lifelong learning level world to get into. And it's not something that I feel personally drawn to. But it's it's really interesting, I think, to just introduce ourselves to different paradigms of thought and just receive the wisdom that we do. So I hope in some way that this has at least sparked a little bit of self-reflection or maybe even inspired you to journal or to just allow yourself to tune into whether or not the way that you make decisions, the way that you create or don't create boundaries, the way that you express or don't express your sexuality with others. I think even like when she was talking about how it can get more complex than just our independent chart and how we maybe feedback off other people depending on what their energetics are, that makes it more complicated. But it also makes sense to me because I feel like there's different parts of myself that come out when I'm around different people. And so just to actually have that reflective process and to see like, who do we actually feel good around? Who do we feel safe around? Who do you feel safe around? Like, what feels good and safe for you? Are there areas that you maybe do need to work on because you know there's trauma there? You know that there's a fear response there? Are there areas that just feel really liberated or really easeful for you? And then getting to know ourselves and then really thinking through like with our partners, how can we cultivate better relationships through acceptance and honoring that we are not the same person, that we all have our own design, whether it's human design, whether it's just energetics, whether it's lineage based stuff. Honestly, I think it's probably a combination of all of it. But knowing that when we're looking at any of these paradigms and really focusing on our sexual centers, on our sexual or sensual centers, that is a powerful place. Our wombs are a powerful place. And so honoring and connecting and deepening our relationship and our healing in that place, that is going to allow us to become more of who we have the potential to be in the world. And that's what I want for you. That's what I, That's why I bring all these different guests on because there are so many different ways that we can do this work. As always, if there was anything in this interview, in this episode that you felt like was a really amazing insight or a gem or something that you're really taking away and you want to share it, if you think of someone, 
really specific and you're just like, oh, this would be really good for this person, share it with them. That could be in a DM or a text message if you want to share it individually or it can be publicly on social media. And if you do share on social media publicly, let's say on Instagram, then tag me at Herbal Womb Wisdom. I love to see that. And also you could share it in your newsletter. You can share it in any way, word of mouth. It's just the sort of thing that when we have resources, like I think of that all the time. I'm having conversations with people and if I if they ask a question that I'm like, oh, I've listened to a podcast on that, I I can share that with them. Like that's a beautiful thing for us to be doing in the world is weaving the world with good resources that we feel really resonant with so that they don't just have to Google it and get some random information, but it's really like spreading the good word in the world. I guess I'm feeling that that is what we're doing together. So thank you for being here with me. And yeah, that feels complete for today. So until next week, live well, connect deeply, and have a beautiful rest of your day.